Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths and where the good way is. And walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. That's it. That's the scripture passage for this morning. It is not even a whole pericope, which is just a fancy seminary word meaning biblical excerpt. Some weeks, the scriptures hand us a nugget, a sentence, a word, and it speaks to us enough as it stands. This is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths and where the good way is, and then walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. We are going to talk today about the crossroads what we do when we encounter those inevitable moments in our lives where we have to make some very big choices. So let's start with a prayer. Creator God, you have given us the agency to walk our own paths. Help us seek you in the midst of our steps. And may these words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you as we continue to learn and walk in your ways. Amen. So as you will have well heard by now, this past weekend, John and myself and Anne, along with Russell and Peter and Herman and several other folks uh, from this community, I think we joked at one point that we actually had enough Hillhurst or Hillhurst-adjacent people there to make quorum. <laughs> we were in Medicine Hat for our regional meeting, and this was the theme, at the crossroads. And the context was the crossroads we find ourselves at as communities of faith right now. And they brought in a woman named Cameron Trimble, who is an author and a faith leader and an airplane pilot, which I did not know had so much theological relevance, but it does. I need to pick up a side hobby. And they invited her in to share what she has noticed in churches who are trying to discern where to go next. And Cameron had us do all sorts of fun activities over the weekend, like talk about what we think the year 2070 is going to look like for the world and for the church. She asked us first what our desired reality was for 2070. And that was a fun conversation. It was like the Jetsons. We haven't moved very far in our imagination. But then she imagined us, she asked us to imagine what the probable reality was for 2070. The probable reality. And that's when I learned that I am a Pollyanna living in a handmaid's tale world. <laughs> As my seatmate Wilma said when she turned to me, well, I'll be dead, dear, but good luck. <laughs> 
We were invited to listen deeply in these conversations and then imagine creating a vision for our work in the world that lived into that projected future, not the one we can kind of see down the road when we strategically plan in five-year increments, not that one, but one that is likely in 50 years. She suggested this kind of future literacy, as she calls it, is one of the ways we can move forward from the crossroads and engage really competently in a reality that is beyond what we currently know or can know. And while in the moment it was uh, some levity that our table may be needed, Wilma's statement, I'll be dead, dear, was actually the most philosophical response I heard, albeit very existential. When we come to a crossroads, whether we realize it or not, we think about death. If I choose this way, will I live a life I'm proud of? If I choose this way, I might have to let what was pass away. If I choose this way, am I making the right choice? What even is that? If I choose this way, life as I know it might change. From here, nothing will be the same. It sounds like the cross to me. Where is life calling us to go from here? And what are we being called to bury, as John said the other week, for the sake of this new path we are about to embark on? So I'm going to invite us to start really small. When you have a big decision to make, when you are discerning a choice or a way, do you go left or right, and there's no map, whose voice is the first that you listen to? That's the question I want you to take just a moment and turn to your neighbor and talk about. Whose wise voice do you turn to when you have a big decision to make? It's not rhetorical, go ahead and have a conversation. You have just a minute. Thank you. I know that there are many names 
And I know that there are many stories that go along with those names, and I hope that you continue to share them over fellowship at some point. The names that you listed, the voices that you listed, are they dead or alive? Do you pay them or do they consult for free? Are they a parent? Is one of them on this table? Is it a partner? Is it an author or an artist? Whose counsel do you seek at the crossroads? Just think on it. As I was praying about this passage this week, there was a poem that kept popping into my head. And remembering my favorite words of Reverend Dr. Janet Gere, she says, poetry is what theology wishes it could be. Isn't that beautiful? And a little sad, but beautiful. I think this poem will be familiar to you, although you might not know the whole thing. So we're going to use it to guide us through our crossroads today. And in case you're someone who likes to watch the clock when the preacher is preaching, there are four stanzas. That's how you'll know where we are. Okay? The poem. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Stand at the crossroads and look. When the prophet Jeremiah speaks these words, he's speaking during the last years of the kingdom of Judah. He prophesies in the midst of Israel's turmoil, and in his lifetime, he sees the death of King Josiah, who was the king responsible for the first major reform of the Jewish faith or law, and this brings with it a loss of independence to the kingdom, a giant step backwards. Jeremiah lives through the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians, and he lives and prophesies through the eventual exile of all its people. And in the midst of these circumstances, ones that sound awfully familiar, Jeremiah says to the people, look at what you are doing to one another. You are greedy and deceitful and violent and power-hungry and selfish and people are dying. Where are you making way for your God? Look around. Stand here and look. We have a choice to make. To stand at the crossroads in our lives is first to tell the truth the deep truth about where we are and what we see here. It is not a glance at the current circumstances. It is an honest, hard look. Where are we? What brought us here? What is working? What is no longer working? What are we seeing that isn't there, but we really wish it was, so we're kind of imagining it? Or what aren't we seeing because we don't want to look around only 
Only when we are willing to really see where we are can we begin to discern where we might go next. So our poet or our theologian in residence this morning, Robert Frost, continues. I looked down one as far I could to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that passing there had worn them really about the same. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. You know, when I was in seminary, congratulations once again, Robin, no small feat. Uh, you graduated with your Master's of Divinity. When I was in seminary, I used to find myself really envious of those who received a sign from God that was as concrete as a voice, a voice of certainty, something visual, something obvious. We call these burning bush moments, and I have never had one. I have discerned painfully, and I've made interesting choices along the way. But never once have I encountered a billboard that said, girl, God wants you to go that way. And oh, I wish I had. The more I think about it, though, I'm not sure the burning bush was that explicit either. Moses arrived at a crossroads in the desert, a bush not pointing in any specific direction, but calling him to get curious calling him to pay attention, calling him to listen. The voice of God says, Moses, Moses. And Moses chooses whether or not he listens. And I was reading that passage on Friday, and I noticed something I've never noticed before. I noticed a colon. And this is my nerdy exegesis moment, so you just have to bear with me. God says to Moses, I will be with you, comma, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. What a great place to end the phrase, except that is not where it ends. It says, I will be with you, comma, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you, colon. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Notice the sign is not that on the path Moses knows God is with him. The sign is not the miracles that God might perform along the journey. The sign, God says, is that when Moses reaches the destination, he will see that God has been there all along. So we listen, we get curious to all the voices we can, to our loved ones, to the poets, to the mystics, to the healers, to those who have been there at the crossroads before. 
We gather all of the wisdom we can muster up and we make the best choice we can with the information available at the time. Because God trusts us with that. And here is the beautiful thing. The passing there had warned them really about the same, our poet says. The ancient paths reveal to us that God is present to us in any and all of our choices. Some of them might make that easier to see. But God is always present to us. So listen. Once you've seen, listen. Listen to the wise voices and trust that when you reach the end, God will not have deserted you because you took a different path. Let it go and go on. God trusts you. What a responsibility. <laughs> but how beautiful. You can choose. So our poet continues. Both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it. This is where our ancient paths call us to action. We are not floating down a river in this analogy, being carried by the current. We are pilgrims. We are taking each purposeful step in every moment towards what is next. With every step, we are recommitting ourselves to the path we are choosing. I was asked, heading into our regional meeting, if I would offer a testimony in one of the worship services about a crossroads that I encountered in my life. And would you believe it? I talked about you. <laughs> I talked about the challenge of starting life over in the midst of chaos, which for those of you who are new here, new to church, weren't around for the past three years in general, that's an accurate depiction of what things looked like when I began this call a year and a half ago in the middle of COVID. I talked about the days when I felt like it was too hard or too painful or too lonely, and I talked about choosing, choosing to commit myself to this journey, to this place, to this path, to Hillhurst, and I'll tell you what walking in it looked like for me. It looked like honest and vulnerable conversation with you and with John and with Anne. It looked like hiring a coach to figure out how an Enneagram 9 and an Enneagram 3 could work together. It looked like booking a week-long retreat to share wine together and eat food together and laugh into the night together. It looked like weekly coffee meetings where the only agenda item on the table was, how are you? It looked like listening. It looked like compromise. <laughs> it looked like play. 
It looked like a commitment to walking the path. We walk the path we choose. And we do it intentionally and with purpose. Finally, our poet writes, I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Colon! Two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. I don't know where the crossroads are that you find yourself at. A treatment plan, an end of life decision, care for a family member, the discernment of a relationship you're in, a financial choice, a call to recovery, a work opportunity, a weighing of values, the crossroads we encounter are endless and they are tiring and they are inevitable. You must be exhausted. I am. Yesterday, a group of 25 of us met for Calling Hillhurst Home. That was our membership class that you saw the photo of. And one of the exercises we have you do is called the river exercise. And we ask you to look at your life like it's a river, where you've been, and plot on that river the key moments that have shaped who you are, that have shaped your spirit. We had a chance to talk about them together afterwards and one of the members in my group said, I'm surprised how many of my shaping moments have been the painful ones, the trauma. The crossroads can be really painful. To stand there and really see, to ask those questions, to let go and to go towards. That is a terrifying thing. But we go with the words of our Easter story with fear and great joy. Because this is good news. The crossroads or the cross is where we meet the Christ the Christ who walks with us and bestows grace upon us and holds our face in his hands and says, God has not forsaken you. Whichever path you choose, when you look honestly at that place, when you listen to those wise voices with ears open to great love, when you walk with purpose in that direction you have chosen, God says, I will be there. So we rest here. We rest with this community of pilgrims, of people who have each and every one of us stood at a crossroads. And we listen to them. And we love them. And we let them love us. And we know that we are walking an ancient path that will set us free.
Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.